0: good afternoon ladies and gentlemen i had the extraordinary pleasure and privilege to sit down with one of my old marine buddies we grew up in the marine corps together i'm gonna tell that story let me share his story it's coming up next after the break trust and believe about battle buddies and all that this is my first freaking battle buddy in the marine corps man he ended up serving the rest of his tour in the Marine Corps, you know, of course, I got out, tapped out, went to the Army, but that's another story. But without further ado, let me introduce this retired freaking Marine, retired gunnery sergeant, correct? That's right. That's it, Gunny. I just wanted to hear him say, it. freaking Gunny. Retired <laughs> freaking gunnery sergeant, Mr. Lowry. Let's give it up for Mr. Lowry, y'all.
1: What's up, brother?
0: <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Fabulous. <laughs> Living the life, you know, retired
1: and, and
0: complain. It's it's a for those that don't know, it's a beautiful freaking thing. It is beautiful. Yes. It is beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. How's you and the how's you and the family doing?
1: Oh, we're doing good, bro. We're doing good. Uh, you know, we, we moved out to uh Georgia, uh, after yeah. retiring and uh we couldn't be doing any better, you know. Just love the traveling and going around to different places and the, the country and the world and visiting yeah. friends and family yeah, members yeah. and just enjoying life,
0: brother. This, this is the time I always take. I always tell people this is the time. Now we've, we wore the uniform. We sacrificed we've had the highs and the lows. But when it's time, when they give you that DD 214 and say, Hey, oh, your work it. is done here. Don't bother us no more. It's a beautiful freaking feeling, man. <laughs> yes i try to tell all of
1: my friends who are still serving that but yeah you know some exactly. of them are still motivated and want to continue on to each his own but uh
0: they'll realize once they get that dd-214
1: and, and walk across that line that parade yeah. that one more time you know
0: look that that dd-214 almost serves as a marriage license <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying no doubt no doubt. So let's go ahead and get started. So, Mr. Larry, let's go ahead and talk about your upbringing. What was life like for you as a young lad growing up?
1: Oh, bro. Uh, you know, growing up in the South, uh, we, we had the, you know, both parents. Fortunately, we grew up in the household with both parents. Uh, had two sisters and one brother, so the four of mm-hmm. us. And uh, we, were just, we just grew up in, in the South, you know, with Southern values, uh, the Christian values. And we had a whole cast of family support from, uh, you know, both sides of the family.
0: My, mm-hmm. my mom
1: and my dad's uh, side of the family. So we couldn't have had a better life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Our, our, our grandparents over on my mom's side, that's where everything was always happening on Sundays. And I know, yeah, yeah. you know, some of the people from the South can probably relate to that. Those good southern uh, barbecues every Sunday, all of the family get-togethers. So, yeah. uh, Couldn't have had a better life, bro. Just grew up.
0: Yeah. I tell you, you talk about, I I think that's what's missing nowadays. Of course, we don't know everybody's family situation, but just kind of looking at society nowadays, you can tell people that have missed out on basically what you were just talking about. Two-parent household, income, family structure, brothers, sisters, grandmas, cousins, Knowing that every Sunday we will all meet together. We will congregate, break bread, have fun. You may not like Only, the cousin, but hey, I, I I deal with <laughs> Uncle Larry later. You know what I mean? <laughs> and
1: Absolutely. I think that's,
0: exactly. And I think that's what we're missing in society now. Because you can see it all over social media. Men, women, everyone, people are just, they're lonely. They're, they're searching. And for you to bring it up and say, hey, Southern values, this is what we did. This was our culture. I tell you, man, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, absolutely, bro. Yeah, man. All right, so we talked about the upbringing. Let's get on and, and get on to the getting on, talking about the freaking beloved freaking Marine Corps. What was that <laughs> process like for you when you decided, I'm going down here to the freaking station, and at some point I'm going to raise my right hand?
1: Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely – one of those things where you was like, did I make the right decision at, at that point? You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: young, what, what, what was I, 17, 18 years old, mm-hmm. the, uh, what, how can I say it? The fear of the unknown, you know, yeah. but, uh, once we got rolling and the, the recruiter, you know, called me up, say, Hey, we're, we're shipping, shipping out. Hey, it, it was no turning back for me. Uh, yeah. and I already sat down with my parents and had that conversation cause you know my dad I don't know if I told you my dad was uh my dad retired from the Army National Guard I
0: Africa know well, you City. used to have his uh picture up on your uh secretary in our room
1: right right yeah. so he served for 27 years in the state of Alabama mm-hmm. and uh you know he had that talk with me about the military and
0: mom was crying
1: cuz she, she, did, she was worried you know how moms are yeah yeah oh, my baby's gonna come back uh brainwashed and all of that stuff and i was like hey i gotta go i, I want to travel the world and, and you know just be adventurous and see different yeah. parts of the world and, yeah uh, like like we discussed earlier you know once we got off that bus skipping you know moving forward getting off that bus at paris island and uh it just, it just got real. <laughs> and uh, the one thing that's imprinted in my, my head forever is we're riding around Paris Island and the bus driver got lost. So we what? finally get to some, yeah, we get to some company's barracks and uh-huh. company First sergeant comes out and he's got his hands on his hips and you yeah, know, yeah, he's yeah. got that frog voice and he's telling the bus driver this. I was like, oh man, right away. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be one of those guys right there. <laughs> yeah
0: man i tell you you talk about that that bus rider we talked about this before the show only marines prior service prior marines whatever current marines retired marines when you get to paris island it is something about getting on that bus and i remember i tell you a quick story when i was on the bus you know they pulled up to the to the where the footprints and everything is at and you see those silver right. doors oh yeah so yeah, it was like know. four or five DIs. You know, they was congregating, talking, they talk or whatever. So we was kind of on the bus, you know, We looking around. We don't know what's happening. So the DI got up on the bus, and he dapped up the bus driver. So I am oh. like, shoot, this might be all right. He may be okay. <laughs> that Man, he dapped up the bus driver. They had the little talk, and he was like, at this time, you're welcome to of South Carolina. Get off my bus now. I never The word now was never more powerful than it was when I heard him say now. I don't know if he said what he said, paused, then said now. But when he said now, I'm trying to jump out the window. I'm trying to go through the tailpipe. I'm trying to go up under the chassis of the bus trying to get off. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. It it hit a little different then, didn't it? (laughs) Man, I tell you, man, that was some. And, you know. Just another small, quick story. When I joined the army, I didn't have to do like their basic training, their school, and I went straight to Germany. And so oh, I would hear sure. them talk about basic training and all that, and I'd just sit there like, "I'm I'm sure what y'all did was great, but what I did for 13 freaking weeks from January 10th to April 1st, 1994, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, fails in comparison. All right, so we talked You're about all enlisting all in the much. Marine Corps. What's up? I'm sorry. Oh no! I said
1: you were already indoctrinated. So all man, that look, trash they were talking.
0: <laughs> man, let me tell you. All right, so we talked about enlisting the Marine Corps, met with the recruiter and everything. I already noticed That first duty station. Tell me about that first duty station. Oh, brother! I tell people all the time, bro. Mm-hmm. The,
1: the, the just all of the memories and just everything you me who else was it uh Sling uh, Covenant yeah um, Covenant, freaking uh Braddock, uh yeah oh, it's, it's a cast it's cast, a
0: gang man. of whole just, bunch of folks it, like
1: it was just a, a moment you know in time that I wish would have paused because yeah. that's what set the yeah. tone right there you know the, the brotherhood yeah. that we created uh all of the ups and downs we went through, and uh, the one funny story that I always tell people is uh-huh. when we had that basketball game <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
0: think think I know MPs. where you're going. You, were, you remember that? <laughs> I think I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, against the
1: MPs, bro! And we were all up in there like we were on some big-time NBA team and stuff.
2: <laughs> Man.
1: And that man bra, and the brawl broke
0: out, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Brawl broke it was, out. I mean <laughs> it was always something. It was always something.
1: Yeah, bro. Yeah. In
0: freaking <laughs> Yuma, Arizona. It was always something. That first duty station, that was my only duty station, of course, in the Marine Corps. But it's like you said, that that set the foundation for everything. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. That, that's that time bit. I was there because pretty much that's where life started for, for all of us, really. That was right. in our little circle, even outside of our circle. You know, being in the Marines, you know, we ended up becoming roommates because I was with my first roommate for, I think, six, seven months. And remember, you had that racist roommate. Right. Remember? Yep. The dude, yep. he was from, like, up North California, Northern California, yep. somewhere like that. I, I have another story about that cat, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yo, we definitely gonna dive into that. And I remember, yep. he ended up getting kicked out of something happened, and that's when me and you became barracks roommates.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. So exactly.
0: let's go ahead and dive into that story about old buddy boy.
1: Well, you know, I was uh, I was stationed in California, right? I, we mm-hmm. were in California for like thirteen years. And, yeah. Uh, Jackie and I was just lying in bed one night watching uh uh-huh. you know, all the episodes of people being incarcerated and. Yeah, uh, this, that, and the third, and uh, yep. uh, lo and behold, they were—I can't remember the name of the prison in California, very popular prison—but uh, okay, they were, they, were, they were interviewing the correction officers about the the violence that goes on in the prison, blah, right. blah blah blah. And I heard this very distinct voice talking, you know, responding back to the to the interviewer. I was like, wait a minute, that sounds like his name was Derek, also, but when it spelled with an e. Sure, Clark, was. Derek, sure was, Derek Clark. I was yep, like, "That sure sounds was. like uh, Derek." So I looked at my wife and I was like, "This sounds like my my first roommate in humor, brother." They panned the camera to this cat, and it was him. I almost what? fell out of the bed, bro. He was a he's a correction officer at a, I can't remember the name of the prison in One California. One of the is a cat for real? Yeah, it's one of the popular ones there. And, he, you know, he's all, you know, he always thought he was caught diesel. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. You know, walked around with that, you know, I'm bigger than you, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, I couldn't believe it, man.
0: I could not believe this guy. Wow, brother. that dude I thought you were going to say he was a freaking inmate. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been. <laughs> man. Hey, you remember that time when, um, I want to, I could be wrong, but he invited like a girl. I don't know if she was a Marine or a civilian. But she invited him because, you know, we had, even though you live next door to me, we had joining uh, bathrooms. Right. In the Marine right. Corps, we called them heads for cats that don't know. But we had a joining, uh, the head was adjoining. And this dude had fruit. Remember, he had it like in the bathroom. He had strawberries and pineapples and all that. And I wanted to yeah. take a piss. And I yeah. you was out standing out on the catwalk, and I was like, "Dude, you know he got fruit in the freaking bathroom." He was like, "He was like, nah." So you went back in the room. You came back like, "Dude, this dude got pineapples and strawberries and in the freaking bathroom, man."
1: I remember that, brother. I remember that. Now that you brought it up, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. was, he was a strange cat, man. He, he was just weird cat,
0: man. He was man. That yeah. cat.
1: I got so many stories about that dude and the altercations that we had in that little room. You know, being roommates, yeah. we worked in the same motor pool, and yep, get sure to the did. motor pool and we don't even talk. We don't even conversate with each other because of his, you know, his racist attitude, his,
0: his beliefs, uh, and everything. Yeah, I didn't yeah. particularly I didn't care for the cat man. I tell yeah. you, um, you know, that was the I guess I'm gonna say that's that's the negative part of it. But we talked about Yuma, right. Arizona, which was that first duty station. It was so much, man. I, you know, my wife, you know, you know, my wife, Melissa, she was a right, Marine. Daughter was born in freaking Yuma. You, your yep. family, Yuma. I mean, that set the foundation for every freaking day, man. No doubt. Beautiful no time. Doubt, it was hot as, it was hot as Hades out there, but gosh, dog, Yuma, freaking <laughs> Arizona, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Five years, man. Five years. It just grew so, on us. So you stayed there. Because I when I, I got out the Marines in ninety-eight and you end up PCS in what in ninety-nine? uh February of ninety-nine, we uh PCS to uh Japan. Okay, look you, you know I I love the Okinawa story. Let's go ahead and talk about that second duty assignment.
1: Well, that place uh you know, we we were I was stationed up on uh Camp Hansen. I know you're familiar mm-hmm. with the island because we've discussed this before. Yep. Um uh, but That place was a pretty memorable place as well. You know, I I met another, I served with another guy by the name of uh, Thomas from Detroit. Uh, Yeah. So we were in the motor pool and uh, who was it? That was me, Thomas, uh, Hunter, who's a retired master sergeant. Thomas Mm -hmm. is a retired country sergeant. And then we had uh, old Bobby Perkins. He's a retired Mm -hmm. staff sergeant. Mm -hmm. You know, we were all brothers, all black. Uh, yeah, Thomas Detroit, Hunter from Florida, Perkins I think from Washington D.C. So we mm-hmm. called ourselves the Four Horsemen there. So there you can go. just imagine how tight knit we were, and, yeah. and How we ran, how we ran the motor pool, and we were all sergeants. Yeah. And so we had that one guy named uh, damn, what was his name? He he was the black sheep. He was actually a white guy, but he was the black sheep of the group. He was group. the black sheep. Yeah. But man, that that place was. We had some memorable moments there too. As a matter of fact, I just hit uh, Thomas up on Facebook last night because uh, his his wife or his girlfriend drug him out to a, a, Hawaii, a Ohio State football game. I was like, oh, bro, lord. I thought he was Michigan through and through.
0: <laughs> oh lord, you know that's that's ah. Uh, uh, let let's go on because that, that that's making me mad right there. That's uh. ah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Uh, that, that cat's name. He'll it'll come back to me here in a minute. Yeah, he was a wild. He was a wildcat. One that was the, yeah. uh, the
0: uh, black sheep of the group. Mm-hmm. So Camp Hanson, because I was stationed at Torrey Station, which is like I want to say maybe 15, 20 minutes away from Kadena, but Hanson is kind of like on that other side. And I remember going to Hanson. I had to set up. Uh, they had a, a Marine Corps. Um, almost like a leadership course because at the time the army was sending theirs to some other place and so i ended up talking to this gunnery sergeant i was at e7 at the time not talking to this gunnery sergeant we kind of just talking talking and uh i said something i guess triggered that this dude must have been a freaking devil dog i don't know if i said daggone you know the words we always were using i might have said trash you know we called everything trash i said something and he was like, hey, brother. He said, was you a freaking Marine before? I said, Yeah, I was stationed in Yuma from '94 to '98. And this dude was in, uh, remember, they used to have WTI in right, Yuma. Right. And he was like, Yeah, I was in freaking WTI. Then he was like, Where'd you work? I said, I worked at Marine Corps property. We used to hand out the linen, and it was pretty much, you know, the warehouse for the whole garrison in uh, Yuma. And he was like, Hold on, man. He said, Did you used to have like little curly hair? Like your hair was like in curls. And I was like, yeah. He said, dude, I remember you, man. I was like, what? I mean, it. the, the point I'm making, it's a small freaking world, man. Yeah, this is, you're talking 20 something years. Cause this happened in 2017 when I, when I had this conversation with him and we went wow. back to 1996 and he was like, I remember you. You had the little round glasses. It was you. It was a Mexican cat. And there was an old white dude that ran the warehouse. I was like, yeah, that was his name was Chuck. So it was just funny how that just, you know, I was like, that's freak. I tell you, man, that's when the Lord puts you in these right places at the right time. You know what I mean?
1: No doubt. I can definitely shed some light on some experiences with that. That state. Yeah,
0: man. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. We we got time. We retired. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Uh, well, if we fast
1: forward uh, okay. to, the Af- to the Afghanistan deployment. Uh, okay. And into a cat there. I don't know. You remember EOD, right? Yeah. How uh, about you, an EOD? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. There was, he, was, he was a staff sergeant uh, with EOD out there. Uh-huh. You know, being a motor T, you get to meet all different types of cats, you know, yeah. different MOSs. You got to provide service for all of these people for whatever yep. their exercise they're doing or whatever. Exactly. And, uh, I, I remember having a conversation with him when we were in Yuma. I was like, "So, what, what do you guys do?" I know nothing about EOD. Yeah, I started going down the list, of all the stuff they do, explosive this, mm-hmm. blah blah that, blah blah this. But long story short, we were in Afghanistan. Uh, he was a civilian at the time, and uh-huh. I just had we, we had a meeting every day in Afghanistan, three hundred and sixty-five right. days. Yeah, never get back. So Thank going yeah. to the meeting. And uh, he was over there as a civilian contractor. And I walked through the door to go to the meeting, and, uh, and I just glanced over and saw him. I was like, Wait a minute, that dude looks familiar. He had two uh, hearing aids in his, you know,
2: both, uh-huh. both ears. Uh-huh. I
1: walked up to him, I was like, Hey, you don't remember me? And he looked at me, he was like, Oh, yes, I do, Lance Corporal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, man! I was like, "Wow, this dude still remembers me, man." That's crazy, whole, you know. <laughs> hearing aids and stuff. I was like, "Yeah, man, I must, have really did something bad, and you must want him to remember me."
0: <laughs> Cats don't, and you, you mentioned ELD with the hearing aids. That's par for the course, man. That's they always got something that's either hearing a finger, but you saying the same thing I said. It's all about that camaraderie, that spree decor, all those values and you see a person in 1990 you don't see him again in 2037 but you remember the right. exact place you saw him you remember the words you remember the gestures that's that's the beautiful thing about in our line of work whether you army navy marine corps navy whatever that is something about that that brotherhood that sisterhood that we have that I don't have to see you for 50 years but when I see you on year 51 I remember everything
1: We don't miss a beat
0: bro. You don't miss a freaking beat
1: We pick right back up like we had a conversation yesterday
0: Man and I tell you man I tell you So we talked about enlisting in the army Your first duty station And gosh dog freaking Yuma man Getting chills thinking about our little crew The drop squad it was me you and slink dog And all that Uh, Hey before I get started Remember I'm going to go back to Yuma real quick Do you remember that night when Friday came out I know we about to tell our age here that was nineteen ninety five, and I had oh, that yeah. silver uh, Regal. So yep. me, that's when we used to mob everywhere. We was mobbing together. Thirty, I mean, we was deep all the time. So we went to go see Friday, and Sandman got into it with, with a Crip out there in Yuma. I don't know if they bumped shoulders or you know how this stuff went back then. Right. And remember, right. he came back in. He was like, "Yo, it's gonna be some static tonight. It's gonna be some noise tonight." So we like, you know, what's up and we get outside and there used to be a jack-in-the-box right across the street
1: yeah
0: and we got over there remember them dudes like throwing rocks and stuff at us yeah (laughs) and and then uh, (laughs) and then then we we sandman had a a little thing that you shouldn't be having you know so that was up under the seat right and so we're driving remember we was driving like real slow you was like d.a just drive slow man just be calm So we driving back to base, and freaking Yuma Police uh, Department was behind us. You remember that night? Oh yeah, yeah. And we was driving, and kind of just driving slow. I'm like driving Miss Daisy, both hands on the wheel, you know, doing all this. (laughs) We ended up making it back to base, but just some of the things because we it was always something that we was always getting into in in Yuma. We can, man, man, we can have a whole forty eight episodes of that. So we talked about, (laughs) man, young dumb stupid, stupid yeah. in the good way. And
1: full of bubble go.
0: <laughs> t- tell you. So we talked about enlisting, we talked about the upbringing enlisting, duty assignments, went from Yuma to Camp Hanson. Where did you go after Camp Hanson?
1: Uh, that's when I went to the uh, back to San Diego,
0: I went to the drill field. Man. Become let's, a drill
1: instructor.
0: let's talk about that. Even though it was at freaking, you know, San Diego and not Paris Island, but you know, it's all good. Let's talk about that experience from the time you made the decision, put the packet in, you, you got the freaking drill instructor freaking hat. What was that like?
1: Right. Right. So, you know, going back to Yuma, uh, mm-hmm. after I picked up sergeant, uh, mm-hmm. got promoted to sergeant, for those who don't mm-hmm. know, I, I requested orders to the drill field. And right. uh, San Diego was always on, always on my radar because I wanted to see something different. Than Paris yep. Island. and then I knew that there was more opportunities there for for the family. Uh, you know, when we're on our off time, just adventurous type stuff. But anyway, got gotcha. you. So I requested orders uh, as soon as I picked up Sergeant and the Marine Corps denied me because I didn't have an overseas control date. You know how that goes. Got gotcha. you. So gotcha. basically, gotcha. they were saying you have you you've never been overseas, so yep. we're not going to you know uh, honor your request. So I was like, okay receive orders to Okinawa, went there, uh, was there for about, what was it? Two, two or three years, 2002, Mm -hmm. November of 2002. I, uh, I was promoted to staff sergeant. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so as soon as I was promoted to staff sergeant, I requested orders for the drill field again, because I had already competed like two years there. Right. Yep. Marine Corps shot back and said, okay, we're going to give you, we're going to request your orders. I mean, honor your request to Mm -hmm. the drill field. But we're gonna keep you on the island for another year because we don't have a seat for the class. Got gotcha. you. Like, okay. Boom. So that's why I ended up did, doing uh, serving four years in Okinawa.
0: Okay. Lo
1: and behold, as that third year had already expired, starting to creep into that fourth year, then nine one one hit, and you know that kind of threw a whole lot of stuff out of yep. whack with everything the, the, the yep. entire country with that devastation. Uh, act of terrorism yeah. so ended up going to uh di school and uh what was it March of 2003 mm-hmm. and uh it was an experience like no other brother I mean, just just I, I, I can't even explain the, the level of uh adrenaline and, and what you put your body through uh, yeah. from a physical and mental mental aspect to a to achieve that that goal, you know, to, to don that campaign cover and that yes. belt. Uh, yes. So, made it through Julius Strucker School. Uh, I wasn't the, the fastest or the loudest or, or whatever, or the most physical, but I, I made it through, you know what I'm saying? That, that's, that's it, man. <laughs> yeah, made it through with uh, uh, guts and glory and uh, the, the help of, you know, friends and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And I uh, thought I'd never see a, a a grown man cry or a Marine, but it is what it is, you know, just, just to don that, that, uh, campaign cover and to be able to make a difference in young kids life. Yeah. So that campaign cover and the, and the day we, uh, we graduated, you know, you got the drill instructors, you're standing on stage and they do their, their uh, about face and all of that yeah. stuff. And they're standing right there in front of you with the campaign cover. <laughs> he was like, oh man, this is it. <laughs> I, I made it this it. far. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you are done the campaign cover and it, it's all bets are off after that. Man. Uh, get a, you know, once you get across the street uh, and join your your company uh, and you, you become part of that, that brotherhood and start learning mm. how your company does business. Because every company does business differently uh, on the depot in terms of the level of intensity, how they train the recruits, uh, how they drill, how they call Mm -hmm. cadence. It's it's all different. You know, you don't notice that when you're a recruit. But once you become a drill instructor, all of those little details matter. Uh, So ended up going to uh, Fox Company. Mm -hmm. And uh, little did I know, Fox Company was the most intense company on the depot wow. and I'm not saying this because I'm biased or, or
0: no I got I'm saying
1: you. This because I went through the gauntlet with you know y- a couple yeah. of other friends who we built yeah. this brotherhood with and mm-hmm. just the level of intensity bro it, it, it would just make grown men tap out you know yeah I believe it tap out yeah because the, 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 the most pressure there doesn't actually come from trying to uh, make the recruits into Marines the pressure comes from the peers who are trying to make you a better drill instructor so yeah uh definitely uh one of the highlights of my career uh, being able to to make a difference in, in young people's lives a positive difference and yeah. uh training them to become a, a part of the world's nine one one force it's yep. something that i would cherish for the, for the rest of my life
0: you know i i tell you as you was explaining that i was getting chills man because Everything that you talked about is how it should be, you know, it's, and this is not to discredit anybody that served them, no matter what branch. If they just, I did my time as a private to the time they got out or retired, and they didn't do nothing magical in between. I think sometimes you have to kind of, you know, step out on faith and do things different. And when you were explaining the whole put my packet, Marine Corps said, no, go away. You got to do this. I don't have a freaking you know all these all these obstacles and constraints that the marines marine corps placed on you you continue to be that tip of the spear and lean forward i'm going to do this i want to be a freaking di i know what the di's meant to me i want to be one and the fact that you just walked through that whole process you know and for, for me as a person that was on the other side of that process knowing what the di's was like For you to not not only know what the di was like you were the di it sent chills man and again just to be able to do something different I felt that way when I was a recruiter you know not to the magnitude of being a Marine DI but the fact that hey Johnny, Sarah, Mike whoever is coming to that station and they in poverty they're rich they're poor whatever but I'm taking you from this you can have this I'm not getting nothing for it I just want you to be successful and you know we got our failures we got our successes but I tell you, just you saying that, that that meant a lot. For, uh, you know, I'm freaking, I don't know, man. It just meant a lot. You know what I mean? Just for you, a guy that I grew up in the Marine Corps with, and, you know, we went our separate raids, you know, because we went to another branch, and communication right. wasn't nothing back then because we didn't have all this. But the fact that you say this is what happened to me, you know, it's, it's truly an honor just to be able to witness that. So appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs>
1: Likewise, brother. Likewise.
0: All right, so one thing I want to tap on, touch on the drill instructor piece. When you had that first platoon, what was that moment like? What was that? What were you saying to yourself? Not that you was doubting, like, oh, man, I can't do this. What I get myself into? I know you was like, okay, how do I continue to lean forward and make sure every guy understands what it's like to earn the title of freaking Marine."
1: Well, it was. Uh, how can I say this? I, I had some challenges when I was there when I first got there because I went there as a, as a staff sergeant. Gotcha. And, and I want and I had always wanted to go there as a sergeant. You know, mm. young like like I yep. said, young dumb, and full of yeah. vinegar and whatever you know the, the term. And yeah. uh, so when you you know get there and, and trying to learn how your company does business. And you're teamed up with three other staff sergeants. Okay. And I think out of our team, my, on my first cycle, I was the second most senior guy on the team. Gotcha. If that if that puts some things in, into perspective. Yeah. But I'm the lowest man on the totem pole when it turns yep. when in terms of the experience of being uh, a Marine <laughs> yep. Corps drill instructor. So yep. that, ad, that adaptation uh was was a total mind shift for me. I had to really humble myself, eat a lot of humble pie. Yeah. Uh, just to learn the ways of, of, of Fox Company, and not only Fox Company, just the, just the drill field in general, and the depot, and the the, uh, the uh, just the, the customs and the courtesy down there. The, yeah. The atmosphere, the culture, completely different because you're surrounded by men that are all tight A mentality. You gotta be 99% of us are all tight A mentality. Yeah, so you definitely got to do a mind shift or, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, change your mentality to yeah. where you're going to have to learn how to do this and adapt in order to be successful and in order to train these high school kids to become Marines. And oh, on top of all of that those high school kids can't see you going through that adaptation.
0: Not you at all, what I'm saying? So, not at all.
1: Uh, but at that, going back to the, your question about that first cycle, uh, we had just got up north, or the, the platoon, had, or the company had just got up north, the day I checked in. And gotcha. when I say up north for uh, your audience who don't understand how the Marine Corps works, mm-hmm. uh, there were three phases during the time I was a drill yep. there. Uh You know, you have first phase, for San Diego, that was all down south uh, mm-hmm. in the city of San Diego itself. Mm-hmm. That's when they're, they're learning all of the basics, the fundamentals of how to be- become a Marine. Uh, mm-hmm. We've teaching them all of that stuff. And then we transition into second phase. That's up on Camp Pendleton because gotcha. that's where all of the training areas and so on and so forth, or to provide you the opportunity to employ your weapon system, to learn all right. the basic uh, navigation mm-hmm. and survival skills, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So long story short they just got up north uh that's the term we use uh Camp yeah. Hamilton. the day i checked in and up north is a a green belt playground uh, gotcha. for lack of better words that's gotcha. when you can really really hone in your skills in and find out who the weak ones are who the strong ones are out of your platoon and right. who do you think is going to graduate and who's not going to graduate because it's physically uh, well, uh, both physically and mentally demanding more yeah. so than being down in San Diego.
0: Because right. you got, you
1: know, you got your terrain, you got all of these hikes, uh yeah. with all of these, you know, this gear on your back and uh, you're trying to learn how to employ the, uh, your weapon system, you know, at the yeah. time it was the, it was the M16 at the time before the Marine Corps yeah. transitioned to the M4. To and the so M4, and so forth. yep. So, uh, I learned how to, you know, hurdle that, that challenge and, 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 uh, make myself uh, available to where I say, okay, this, this is a mind shift for me. Uh, like I say, going back to being the, the lowest man on the totem pole. Yeah. So having, having to eat that, that humble pie and learn that, okay, I need to be a part of this team because if I'm not a part of this team, there's a chance that my team or my company might shift me off somewhere else. Yeah. where they don't because they don't think I'm capable of being a drill instructor and gotcha. being able to train high school kids to become a Marine. Gotcha. So it, it was an interesting uh dynamic, man. Pretty interesting dynamic on that first cycle. And then once you get that first cycle under your belt, uh, and your, your team accepts you and they you know, yeah, they, they do this thing where they call you, they sign you off. Because mm. you're not allowed to be with those recruits. Uh on your first couple of weeks alone because you haven't been uh, uh you know signed off by yeah a I got you to and say, okay, we trust drill instructor stats to be with yep. these recruits by himself because yep. he hasn't learned the way of the company. He doesn't know the SOP, blah, blah, blah. Right. Is all of that right. stuff to get you in trouble. Trust all
0: to all believe of this stuff that, that
1: get the Marine Corps in trouble. Yep. So uh pretty interesting dynamic, pretty interesting uh uh, duty Station, like I say, you know, being around all of those gentlemen with that type A mentality, and we're all trying to, you know, reach that common goal. Uh, and we go through all of that blood, sweat, and tears just to make sure that those kids walk across the parade deck. And it's a it's a bond that will never be uh, broken, brother. Never be broken. As I would imagine. Fact, uh, as a matter of fact, last week, I was back in uh, uh, California uh, we started out in Yuma, and then I went to California and, and spent about three or four days with a couple of those uh, friends that were, you know, gotcha. instructors together on the depot.
0: They retired as well.
1: Yes, there, yeah. uh, there was one. He's he's a sergeant major now. As a matter gotcha. of fact, he's from Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's uh, it, Motown Brown, Motown Brown. And, uh, <laughs> if he happens to stumble across this interview, I'm yeah, giving yeah. a shout out to your brother, you, brother. No you doubt. No doubt.
0: Simple and, freaking uh, fine. Yeah. yeah, no
1: doubt.
0: You, you, God, dog, it was something. When you said Detroit, it just threw me all off. You know how I get about that freaking thing. Um, You said something. No, this is what I was going to ask you. So, when you, you was a drill instructor, they signed you off, everything was good to go. When did you feel that you, when did you get to the point where you was like got it nothing's holding me back anymore when did you get yeah. when did you get to that moment where I can do this blindfolded I can do this in my sleep
1: on my third cycle gotcha uh, because going back to that first cycle you know I wasn't there mm-hmm. for the first phase right so I didn't get the chance to experience and witness everything that took place uh, during first phase. So right. picking up on second phase, you know, I kind of got thrown into the fire, so to speak. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you, you have no time to learn all this stuff. You, you got to, right. like, you build the airplane while it's flying. You've got
0: build, an build, build it in flight, build it in flight. That's
1: right, exactly. So transitioning or uh, moving forward to the, the second cycle, the, the, which was my first full cycle, mm. I was still in that learning process, you know, still observing other drill instructors, Uh, taking the the good things away and putting them in my toolbox and taking the bad things that I seen or or whatever or or experience and throwing that to the wayside and then, uh, and then we move forward to my third, third cycle to answer your question. That's when no one could tell me anything, brother. I was an experienced third hat, truly experienced third hat who knew how to sling stress, who knew how to, uh, pretty much run the deck by myself without the senior drill instructor, without the, what we call the J, which makes, mm-hmm. which means junior drill instructor, mm-hmm. uh, without any of those guys around, I could pretty much run the platoon. Uh, with you. the exception of, you know, if someone got in trouble or one of those right. recruits got injured or whatever, you know, that's when the senior drill instructor would come in and throw his candy and give phone calls and whatever the case right. may be. Got you. But to answer your question, it was that third cycle, man. And what really solidified that was when we picked up uh you know we call it hell friday Mm -hmm. uh every night there's always this this uh, meeting which we call a scoop Mm -hmm. and that meeting uh shifts around to every duty hut throughout the cycle so one night this senior drill instructor will have uh the scoop whole scoop if he is on duty right next night it's a different senior drill instructor so it bounced around so that particular night i think we were like in. The second week, maybe, uh, of uh, after pickup, after Hell Friday, that particular night, my senior drill instructor had school. Senior drill instructor Stassar and Laredo, and uh, so all of the green belts came to the house. You know, these are guys that you're going to potentially replace because they have more experience than you, right? Gotcha. You're going to eventually move up the belt ladder. You got yep. what you call your fourth hat, your third hat, your J belt. Uh, which is the junior jewel instructor, and then you have your senior jewel instructor who wears the black belt yeah. for your audience who doesn't know. And yeah. he's, the, he's the daddy of the platoon. Yeah. He's the one that all the recruits go to when they when they mm-hmm. want to make a phone call, when they <laughs> sit, because the green belt's not, not going to give a minute any love. All no. we're going to do is call hate discontent. So, <laughs> my, my senior jewel instructor is holding the scoop that night, mm-hmm. and all of the, the green belts come to the house from all of the other platoons and they started just tearing up the house, you know. Just took over, flipping racks, uh, foot lockers, uh, trash yeah, yeah. cans, just, yeah. put, just messed up the house, right? And uh-huh. I'm trying to run uh, evening BDR, uh, you know, to get them ready to to put them in yeah. bed before yep. uh, before taps and all. Yeah. So they just tore the house up, man. And so I zeroed everybody out. And yes. once you hear that that term zero, yeah. The recruits, they, they they can be in midair, and they know yeah. to stop in midair.
2: Yes. Once they hear a that. start
1: to say zero, they know, that. okay, if I don't stop, this guy is going to slay me on the quarterdeck yep. or out in the sand pit. So I zeroed everything out. These guys were all in mid-action, stopped and everything. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, you got 15 seconds to pick up all of that trash, and put all of my racks back online and my foot lockers, just like they were. This is after the green belts had destroyed the house.
0: Yeah, yeah, bro.
1: They put the house back together in ten seconds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. This
1: is this is <laughs> sixty to seventy something recruits that yeah. I had control over and was doing the puppet stream with. Yeah, just with my voice and with my action, and all of the green belts who came in and destroyed the house stood there and watched. And yep. once they saw that, they all looked at me and was like, oh, that's drill instructor. That's our Larry." And they walked into duty hut and just gave me nothing but praise to my senior drill instructor. I was like, okay, it's over. It's game over.
0: From it's, that it's, point. it's over now. Y'all can yep. I, I got the whole thing. Yeah, man. That that had to be with that moment in time, I'm sure whenever life gets tough or whatever, those are those moments in time where you can kind of reach back and say, I'll be okay. I got it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, brother. And as a matter of fact, you know, my, my uh, tenure on the drill, uh, drill field as a drill instructor, uh, it, that catapulted me right there, just that action alone, because then that's when the word spread around the entire company, that, okay, this, this guy is intense. He's a staff sergeant. And, you know, the people that came across this from, from drill instructor school with him, the majority of those guys were sergeants. This guy, he, he means business.
0: Got just from that
1: action alone, so. yep.
0: He is exactly what the Marine Corps needs, man. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful freaking thing again. It's having flashbacks of you was going through all that, you know. <laughs> when they when the DIs count to zero, you'd be like, freeze, recruit, freeze, you know. It's like, God. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. that's almost 30 years ago, and I'm still feeling that, yeah. Right, I so you better, man. Uh, look, man, everybody, we were doing <laughs> Jordan logos and all that, man. <laughs> You gotta learn how to
1: levitate and you know, everything. Man, I'm do.
0: telling you, I'm telling you. Yeah. So now is the time. You just to, before we go on, you was a senior drill instructor too, correct? Yes. yes. Let's talk That's about right. that. Let's talk. Oh. What was that before we talk oh. about it, what was that transition like? Another uh, another one of those
1: transitions where you had to change your mentality. Yeah. Because you're, you're no longer that, that drill instructor who uh, is responsible for creating chaos and just creating stress every moment in those guys' life uh, yeah. for, for your audience and, and those who don't know. Being a green belt drill instructor is like running a two-minute drill uh, in overtime, <laughs> in the playoffs, all the time. The the level of adrenaline
2: and yeah
1: intensity yeah the level of intensity that you're, you you put your body through uh, as a green belt drill instructor just to let those uh, recruits know that hey, when you join the Marine Corps is you can find yourself in a life or death situation and that's why we create so much stress and yeah. that's why we are so intense all the time to get yeah. your your mindset ready for what yeah. you're a, about to potentially face. When you join the Marine Corps and find yourself in combat,
0: potentially, yeah, exactly. So,
1: uh, making that transition from a green belt drill instructor to a senior drill instructor, who wears the black belt, mm-hmm. he's the guy or she's the guy, the girl, gal, who mm-hmm. you know gives out the candy, gives the like, yep. said earlier, gives the phone calls, or if you know one of them are sick or they have uh they they have to go to dental and they're on bed rest, you know, it's yep. that senior drill instructor. Who is yep. supposed to quote unquote pamper that recruit or like yeah. those recruit? Just to let them know that, hey, I'm the father figure of this platoon. Yeah. So if you have any problems, you know, don't go outside my house yep. and share your problems with anyone else. Gotcha. Bring all your problems to me. Even if you got a problem with one of my drill instructors, one of yep. my Greenbelt drill instructors. If you yep. have a problem with him or her, you know, bring all of your problems to me. I'm the problem solver. I've yeah. been, you know, through, I've played, I've been in their role. I don't want to say yeah. play their role. I've been in their role. I know I've what been they're in going your role. Through. I've been in your role. And I yep. know what you're going through. Yep. I'm the daddy or the mother, yep. you know, for the yep. fourth or the fourth or the females. Uh, yeah. so that transition was, um, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I, I still have found myself, you know, revert back to the greenbelt, Uh Role or, or mentality sometimes, whenever the recruits would, or the platoon would do something stupid, or, yeah, and, and embar- embarrass us in gotcha. front of the depot or someone else. Got gotcha. you. So you know gotcha. you find yourself out in the sand pit still as, as a senior drill instructor. But the, the beauty of that is, as a senior drill instructor, you can take the whole platoon out there and you know just gotcha. slaughter them, or for lack of better words, yeah, slay them. Yeah. So uh interesting concept and you find yourself on the phone with uh uh recruiters or parents uh <laughs> so on and so forth if you know little johnny's gotta make a phone call because yep. if someone died in the family or gotcha. get a dear john letter you know yeah you, you gotta wear multiple hats as a senior yep.
0: uh you gotta be able to facilitate all that
1: oh yeah absolutely brother absolutely
0: man and Again, just knowing how knowing you when we were both troops and you growing up drill instructor now, you're the guy that's spanking everybody. Now you can go from the guy that's spanking everybody to the guy that's saying, Hey, just cause you got spanked, it didn't really feel that bad, did it? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you asked for. This is what you asked for. You know, we can yeah. make it better. All right, yeah. so now drill instructor, that tour is over. Where did you go after that? I uh,
1: transferred to Camp Pendleton to uh, 11th Marines. Uh, Okay. That's artillery uh, for for your audience that doesn't know. So that was on uh, Lost Pogas, uh, Camp Pendleton, up up
2: Mm -hmm. in the
1: the, the boondocks, so to speak. Uh, uh, 2nd Battalion, 11th Marines was the first duty station and uh, got there and started learning, you know, how artillery functions and what our mission was, you know, from a, a transportation, motor transportation aspect and how to gotcha. provide support for those guys yeah. and, and the yep. things that they do. So, yep. uh, went to 2nd Battalion of Marines and then uh, had to go down for a little while because I had some, some medical issues. So mm-hmm. I went down for about six or seven months. Mm-hmm. Uh, was on limited duty for my medical issues. Uh, came back and once uh, once I was getting ready to trans back transition back to 11th Marines they shifted me from 2nd Battalion to 5th Battalion uh, 11th okay. Marines which they had just uh, acquired this a High Mars uh, capability mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if you know about the High Mars but it, it came from the Army
0: yeah uh, I, I'm the,
1: familiar the, the with it the rocket system that fires yep. on the back of a, a chassis so yep. that was a unique perspective because that was the first uh, High Mars unit in the Marine Corps to be indoctrinated in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, you guys are deploying to Iraq with yeah. this new weapon system. So yep. definitely a fun time there. Uh, next, next to being uh, a drill instructor, with like I said, going back to the Marine, the, all of the Marines there, the drill instructor there, having that tight A mentality and the level of discipline. That we all had to uh, instill discipline into the recruits. That uh, duty station was probably the most disciplined I had been to in terms Got of you. The and their level Got of you. discipline was like through the roof.
0: Was what was that transition? And it's funny that you, you know, for all the the MOSs or the branches to 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 go from being a drill instructor now you're dealing with. Artillery, folks, the gun bunnies. You know, right. it's always high energy, high octane, high up tempo. Yeah. What was that like? Once you took off the campaign cover and you realize, okay, I'm back in the fleet. How do I shift my mindset from supporting by virtue of my MOS versus yelling at recruits? What was that transition like?
1: It was rough. Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's it's, it's rough for for anyone. Uh, to transition from being a drill instructor back into the fleet Marine force.
0: Right. Uh,
1: you know, three years of just putting your mind and your body through that stressful environment, that uh, the, the physical aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh, and then coming back to the fleet Marine force, and everybody's a Marine. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's no more, you know, uh, get online, crew, shut, shut yeah. up.
0: You know, you, yeah. you have
1: to entertain these Marines uh, mm-hmm. from a different aspect because they're Marines now. So you have to respect yeah. that and you have to honor that um, yep. up to a certain point.
0: Uh, exactly.
1: Uh, but the transition wasn't as rough as, as, as some of my friends uh, have had it because, like I said earlier, the level of discipline that uh, left Marines uh got you or had at that time at that moment. Right. It was it was impeccable. So got it wasn't you. So really a need to uh be as stressful to uh you know try and instill Marine Corps values and, right and all of that into the Marines because these guys were top notch brother. Got I'm you. I'm talking top notch because they knew that the decisions that they made could potentially that get their brothers killed to their right and their left. Exactly. Or, or you know, it, it was a life of death situation when everything that these guys did. Yeah. So uh, that made the transition a little easier. But having to shift that, that, that mentality back to Fleet Marine Force uh, yeah. uh, status, you know, uh, it, it was kind of a bumpy road at first.
0: I would imagine, like you say, I would imagine that transition. Just say if you didn't go to a a unit that wasn't disciplined, you went to a unit where everyone's kind of just doing whatever. You probably would have had to reach back and pull pull out that camp, campaign cover, if you will, to try to instill some discipline. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, I, I, I found myself doing it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So I would imagine, because I've seen, you know, I've had folks talk about that and I've seen videos about that guys are like man you know i was a freaking di at paris island and then i end up going to unit x and unit x was freaking trash and i get over there and next thing you know i'm in the freaking sar major's office <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know what exactly. i'm saying i put my hands exactly. on somebody so i definitely oh, understand yeah. that exactly. okay so now you're in our, our artillery world where did you go after you was in artillery land
1: uh, uh next duty station right uh, we I transitioned to uh, still on Camp Pendleton
2: to okay. uh,
1: the uh, MLG at the time it was called uh, Marine Logistics Group. Yeah. Uh, so that entire apparatus is all about providing support to the, the trigger pullers and, and the yep. ground fighters,
0: yep. or the, war fighters, the, the, yep.
1: the air uh, element as well, mm-hmm. uh, if, if need be. So I uh, went to a regiment called uh, CLR-17, Combat Logistics Regiment 17. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, so that was the parent command. And under that command, they controlled uh, all of the Marine expeditionary uh, units, all of gotcha. them used for the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, well, let me back. Let me, let me correct myself. They didn't control it. They provided uh, personnel for uh, gotcha. these units. And once that unit, those Marine Expeditionary units stood up and they were all certified to deploy on ship, they fell under the MEF, uh, MEF, uh, Marine Expeditionary Force, which controls the entire West Coast. Uh, So, CLR-17, I did my stint there. Uh, What was it? I was there for about two two or three years. I I actually deployed to Afghanistan with CLR-17. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we detached from them and fell under uh, the MEF. I mean, I'm sorry, the MLG 4 in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned that right. earlier. But yep. We were in Afghanistan for 365 days.
0: When you say in those terms, I, I think I think about being in Okinawa and hearing MLG and some of those other units providing the expeditionary support, supporting the warfighter, the trigger finger, the trigger finger. <laughs> The, the trigger puller, all those guys. When you left Camp Pendleton, where did you go after that? Did you do another stint in Okie after Camp Pendleton? Oh no, I, I retired. I retired. At camp you retired at camp. So pretty much, your last few years, it was at Camp Pendleton, right? Uh, yeah Thirteen. Was it thir- thirteen years? Was thir- uh, what, thirteen uh, years at Camp Pendleton? Let
1: me see. I got there. No
0: sense. I know. I got you doing public math right here.
1: Oh, no, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm including I
0: know, right? Right. <laughs> oh, man. You know what I'm Alabama education, brother. <laughs> man, I tell you. I tell you. <laughs>
1: uh, so I'm including the, the, the years that I was on the depot in that entire 13 years. So I only spent, what was it, eight years on Capcom. Got you.
0: Yeah. Got you. Yeah,
1: so I retired in 2014 from the sister unit to CRR 17. Uh, so I transitioned to CLR One Combat Logistics Logistics Regiment One, mm-hmm. uh, and I retired from that from that uh, unit.
0: When you when you made the decision to turn in that retirement packet, I won't. I'm not going to say because we all have reasons why we retire. But when you did, you get to a point. I guess let me start like this. When I got to a point, I left. Um, I retired at Fort Knox, Kentucky. And, bef- and that unit that I was in was like the perfect place to retire I was an incoming master sergeant and it was other it was like two other master sergeants that was there and a sergeant major and I was still, the unit I was in prior to that in Korea it was, it was a field artillery unit and it was just constant we gotta we got go to the field every hour on the hour and when we come back we gotta go back again, it was one of them type of units and when I got the fort. Yeah, very high up tempo. And I when I was in Korea, that's when it was really hot. When the fat kid was launching the missiles. This was seventeen oh, yeah. to eighteen. So when I PCS from Korea to Fort Knox and there's a like, hey, you're in Unit X and these guys, you know, it was kinda just, you know, hey, you know, hey Massarin, you you can leave if you want, man. I'll see you tomorrow. I wasn't used to that. Cause I'm like, shoot, the place I was just at. That was no hey Massar it was You had to do this. And when I got to Fort Knox, I realized I don't know if I want to be in the army anymore. And I always tell Melissa, if I had to went to another unit, like the one I was in Korea, I probably would have been sitting in the Sergeant majors Academy because if you know, you know, you've been in them units where it forces you, even if you don't feel like it, Hey, who cares if your leg broke, use the other one. It was one of them type of units. And when I got to Fort Knox, I realized, man, all these other mass arms around here, Sergeant Major getting ready to retire. He ready to retire. We leaving every day at freaking 1300. I don't want to do this no more. Plus, I had surgeries and all that. I guess I'm saying all that to say, when did you get to the point where you know, okay, here's my packet, Marine Corps, approve it, disapprove it. If you disapprove it, I'm going to turn it in again anyway. When did you get to that point?
1: Um, almost, you know, similar uh, scenario to yours. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to when I said I was with 11th Marines, you know, I went down for some medical issues. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I never shared this with you, but I, I actually had bypass surgery. Uh, what? At, 30, at 32 years old. Uh, and that was shortly after leaving the drill field. Uh, wow. So I went down with bypass surgery, find out that I'm diagnosed. Well, I was not. They diagnosed me with thrombocytosis. Uh, so it's a rare blood disorder. Uh, didn't know anything about it. You know, obviously you had to do all of this research. Right. Find out what what is this? You know, what what type of medical term is this? And you know, just kept reading. And, uh, but anyway, once uh, all of that stuff took place did the bypass surgery back in 07, uh, May of 07. That's Mm -hmm. when I was with artillery. Yeah. Um, They sent me, the Marine Corps sent me up to uh, uh, 1st Marine Division, uh, Mm -hmm. G4, so I could recover from the surgery. Yeah. So I ended up staying up there for six months on limited Mm -hmm. duty. Mm -hmm. Uh, No physical activity, none whatsoever. You know, I got the, the whole scar on the chest, the whole kit and caboodle, the whole nine yards. Right. And uh, after all of that recovery phase was over, uh, that's when, you know, like I said earlier, they come back and say, oh, we're going to send you to 5th Battalion, Left Marines. And oh, by the way, they're getting ready to deploy to Iraq. They're already doing their workups, they're pre yep. deployment. They're already in pre yep. deployment phase. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you got to run a PFT just to prove that you can still serve after being on limited duty for six months. Yeah. Bypass surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So I, I did all of that stuff Got myself back in shape Ended up uh-huh. running a PLT I ran it in 24 minutes okay. After six months And after having a bypass surgery
0: That's good
1: uh, In the winter uh, yep. If you can call it winter In the capital But yep. anyway So Trent Going back forward To your question about uh, When did I make that decision That you know Turning in those retirement papers The medication that I am on For the rest of my life Had taken its toll by then because I'm on pretty stringent, uh, 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 a pretty stringent medication regime, uh, right. just to prevent the thrombocytosis from rearing its ugly head up again. Yeah. Uh, so I get to CLR 17, and immediately I'm back into a deployment uh, mindset because there, this unit is in the de- deployment rotation. So I say, okay, tighten up my bootstraps, straps, tighten up my yeah. my my, uh, my pack straps. And yeah. died right in, dove right into uh, pre-deployment uh, training for that unit. And deployed yeah. to Afghanistan for a year, did our thing there, come back. And immediately, as soon as I step off the bus, she's now Sergeant Major Smith. I, I, don't, I don't know if she's retired. At the time, she was first Sergeant Smith.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I haven't even, I'm about to hit the ground, the, the asphalt off the bus from deployment. And she says, you're going to be my company gurney sergeant. All right, first sergeant. <laughs> you know, yeah. what, what else Roger, you going you know, to say to Roger first All right, first sergeant. Yeah. I ain't even hugged my family yet, bro. <laughs> so did Got that it. thing, you know, became the uh, company first sergeant for headquarters company CLR-17. We get a new sergeant major in. He He steps on deck, and he's like, you're going to be the company first sergeant for military police company. Sorry, Major. Okay.
0: Got it. Got it. Got so,
1: it. Did that thing, whatever. And I noticed that uh, my physical abilities started to deteriorate. Gotcha. You know, going back to the to the medication that I'm yeah. on, uh, the lack of uh oxygen that's flowing through my blood. You know, yep. uh, I'm on blood thinners, all of this yeah. type of stuff. Uh, i right. I'm on four different medications for the rest of my life. And wow. I just noticed that. You know, I couldn't run my PFTs as fast as I used to anymore. Uh, couldn't keep up with those those younger Marines like I used right. to be able to. You know, and, yeah. and I don't want to attribute that to being older. I, I right. 100% attribute that to the medication that, that I'm on for the yeah. rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, the statin, the blood thinner, uh, yeah. the, the medication to prevent the thrombocytosis from coming back up, all that. So getting into CLR seventeen, I mean CLR one, which is where I retired from,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I was like, this this is it, you know. Yeah. We started doing all of these training exercises, and, and you know, going back to oh, I'm I'm falling out of runs now, which is something that never which happened is unheard in my of. Career. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't run like I used to anymore. I'm out of breath. Yeah. All of this stuff, brother, and I was like, you know, it's it's time for me to call this the quits. Time. uh let Let the younger guys come on up and. And have their their moment of glory or fame or whatever. And, you know, continue to teach the younger guys. The exactly. I know. And the things exactly. that I learned, my experience. Yep. But uh, I had already shifted my mentality to, uh, okay, it's time to retire. Yeah. Uh, I, I can no longer keep up with this young man's game. So
0: that's no. it. And, you know, plus the game is changing. The The, the policies right. of the game is changing. And I tell you, I don't even know if you knew this. I had, I came back from Korea 2018, checked into the unit here. And I had two knee surgeries. 2019, it was, uh, the first one was orthoscopic. And then the second one I had in 2020, year to the date on both freaking surgeries. That's freaking crazy. And I had a full knee replacement. So 19 was orthoscopic. 20 was full knee replacement. And all of those years, the four years in the Marine Corps, the 20 plus years in the Army, I ain't going to freaking sick call. I'm not going to freaking hospital. I'm not doing that. I'm not taking that. I'm not doing that. And I, I always tell Melissa, even though I complained about the unit I was in at Fort Knox, my last unit, I was thankful that God placed me in that unit. Because if I hadn't, I probably I probably wouldn't been retired. But it, it made me realize, dude, you are not freaking young no more. You got oh, you yeah. sitting on two back-to-back knee surgeries. I, even now, man, I still got freaking phone going off. I, I had a phone going off. I ain't even said nothing. That that shows you, listening. <laughs> but I still have fluid in my freaking knee to this day. I can't hardly bend. I thank God I got you know one hundred percent and all that. Can't bend down. Can't do this. Can't do that. Some of the same things you're talking about. And that's when I realized, do I really want to try to compete for Sergeant Major when mentally and physically damn sure can't do it no more? Especially with the way the Army was moving. And it's like the Marine Corps. You guys were great. Appreciate what you did. Go away. We want the younger guys. And the policies and everything that they're doing now. It was a blessing that I went to Fort Knox. As much as I kicked and screamed about it i'm thankful that i was there because it allowed my body to kind of sit down to say all these years that you've been hyperactive and doing all these other things you got to take care of yourself so i definitely right. you know definitely you know applaud you on that because it's a hard decision for us guys our senior folks you know oh it's it's a difficult because you know yeah you got your retirement you got your va but your life, man, changes. And I still struggle with retirement. You know, I'm retired. All I do is, you know, get my wife and kids ready for school and work. And I do this show, but I still walk around like I'm a freaking master sergeant. Hey, what time you got a freaking, what, hey, what time did you say you got to be at freaking school? Well, you know, 15 oh, yeah. minutes to the 15 minutes prior and being early is on good. time. Be, all this stuff that is like, dude, chill. <laughs> it's in <your> DNA now. <laughs> And I know you, you you share some of those same things. It's 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 a difficult transition. It really is. Yes, yes, brother. So man, I will tell you. All right. So we we then went from being in the Marines, retired. Now you are doing something extraordinary right now in your current capacity. Let's talk about that.
1: Absolutely, brother. I am uh, actually fulfilling my you know my my passion yeah uh, i think you have a passion for trucks also yeah 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 love it So i I, I remember your video you showed me about your your man cave and i was like oh (laughs) man (laughs) i don't always show my little man my little trucks i got going on in here man but anyway um you know going back to uh like we said the marine corps is, or, or, or the military in general is a small mm. world right mm-hmm. while i was in afghanistan um i ran into a cat who used to be in the army and to this day i can't remember his name he was a brother right. from texas okay and he managed the all of the bus the bus routes in afghanistan gotcha uh, for, for the you know the military and mm-hmm. the cia and the civilians whatever to go from point A to point B. he was the manager of that
0: Gotcha. And we were in a,
1: in that that meeting one day. You know that meeting we had every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got a phone call. He had sat phone and all that stuff. And he stepped yep. outside real quick. He came back in. And he he sat next to me. And he was like, ah, it's "Just something all the time, man. Something all the time." And yeah. I was like, "What you talking about, man?" He was like, "One of my trucks, uh, you know, back home. He needed to buy had an engine or something, for him, right?"
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he, I was like, huh? He's like, "Yeah, I have a trucking business." Uh, back in Texas. He was like, uh his, you know, he showed me pictures, blah blah blah. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And as time went on, he saw how I conducted business out there from a transportation aspect. Gotcha. Because uh, I, I represented the entire MLG in, yeah. in these meetings on, yeah. you know, where was this helicopter going and what's coming a- off exactly. ship and where is, the where's this dirty vehicle convoy going? All of that stuff had to get coordinated through the office that I controlled. Yeah. And so he he saw how I conducted business, and he was mm-hmm. like, "Bro, when you retire, he said you need to, you know, go and do it, do this stuff on your own. Don't work for a company. Don't go right. work for some transportation company, blah blah blah, logistics company. He said you have the gift of the gab to do this yeah. by yourself. You know, as, yep. as a business owner. So I took that, and you know, I put that in my toolbox. Yeah, and and I I think back to back, even back to the Yuma days, uh, as Mm -hmm. you know, last corporals, as you know, as we grew up, corporals, and some of the the master sergeants that were my mentors, yeah, who would always say, hey, when you get this class, make sure it goes into your record, and always think about doing something for yourself to set yourself up, you know, when you retire, and all of that stuff, man, it it all started. just I just started brainstorming as yeah. I started reaching retirement and yep. uh you know I said oh I talked with Jackie my wife I said you know what I'm, I'm gonna do this you know mm-hmm. I don't want to work for anybody anymore uh, no
0: you
1: know, I don't want to be told what to do anymore blah 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 you know how it goes you're, you're an independent thinker
0: as well yeah and I uh, try to be <laughs> I got Well, unless you know unless my my commanding general says something, you know. I know, right?
1: <laughs> I'm the same way, bro.
0: <laughs> I tell you. I am just I'm here for just support, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh fast forward into now, brother. I uh so I got I have the logistics uh company. I have three trucks, uh two drivers. Uh, like like we discussed uh, about a month ago or so, uh, yep.
2: I've
1: already set up myself or the business, I should say, to uh, start venturing off into the, the government trade and doing government there contracts. Go. Uh, I, I have the certificates. I'm, I'm I'm still in the process of receiving one more certificate. Uh, right. That's really going to catapult the, the company
0: for gotcha. um,
1: you know government contracts and stuff and so on yep. and so forth.
0: That's where so, it's at.
1: That, that's what we're doing right now.
0: And I that's say weird. we
1: because uh, Jackie, she does a lot of the administrative stuff. So I can't yes. leave her out of it. Exactly. Uh, she takes care of a lot of the administrative stuff. I deal with the drivers. I deal with the shippers and yep. uh, some brokers and the, yep. the customers who are receiving the freight.
0: I tell you, man. And, you know, we talk about, you know, from the time that we met, that was always my thing. You know, semi-trucks. I've always loved freaking trucks. And I want to take you back to probably 1994 or 5. You had to go on an emergency mission. I want to say the camp. No, it wasn't camp. It had to be 29 Palms. Yeah, it was 29 Palms. It was a it was a long it was a 96 4-day weekend, right? And we was in the room chilling and you got a message from freaking uh someone on duty said, "Hey, you got to go on this freaking mission." I forgot what the cargo was. But you was like, hey man, you wanna roll? Cause I really cause you couldn't find they didn't have no A drive. So you was like, hey man, you wanna roll? And I was like, shoot, I ain't doing nothing. I'm sitting here with you. So we end up going to remember that? I think me, you, and Slinky went to 29 Palms that that next day. It was during a a, a, a long weekend.
1: I think it was San Diego. I, I remember me, you and Slinky.
0: Was DNA, it San Diego? I thought it was we Pond.
1: cause I, I remember traveling through the Jacumba Mountains. D- yeah, uh, right, exactly. And we, and we stopped in El Centro at Jack yep. the and got <laughs> us a and, yeah,
0: Jack and in the Crack. crack.
1: I, I San Diego.
0: Yeah, it was San Diego, and I remember I that. And I was like, man, this is freaking awesome to freaking yep. transport and cargo. Even though right. they woke you up, we was chilling. Hey, transport this. Logistics, supporting the warfighter, all of those things. And I right. think back to my time in Iraq, we had uh, in our warehouse in the Army, they call them SSAs, which is supply support activities, freaking warehouses. Okay. And so we had a fleet of semi-trucks. We had probably 18. We had 18 trailers and we had, I think, 22 bobtails. You know, it was never right. an equal number. And I remember we were driving these trucks through Iraq, and you know how that, that type of stuff is. That's another conversation. But I remember just driving, and I was like, this is what I've always wanted to freaking do. Just drive a freaking truck, man. Freaking uh, Bob tell it. Hook up the trailer, man. Make sure it's at oh, yeah. the right height. Get the freaking landing gear. Hook up the freaking oh, cables and." Yeah. Release the freaking air. It's the brake line. All that little s- stuff, man. I freaking yep. fulfilled that freaking dream. I've always wanted to freaking do that, man. So Absolutely, man. I guess getting to the point, I'm so happy that you're doing something that you want to do. Because so many of us, you know, society could say, oh, well, you guys were controlled for 25 years. And then as soon as you retire, they want to go work in uh, government. They want to do a GS or whatever, which is okay. But it it's, takes a, a lot of strength and courage to do something, be an independent thinker, like you said. Risk everything, finances and all that. I want to start from the ground up. I want to get my hands dirty and see this thing through. It may be a struggle year five, but year six, we're going to prosper. So kudos to you on that, man. Kudos. I appreciate it, brother. Same to you, man. Uh, hey, man. With you,
1: uh, your podcast and your what you have going on as well, because I, I know it's not easy and uh like you say going back to uh the, the struggles that you go through when you first step into that that realm after leaving the military for you know 20 something plus years yeah. or whatever uh being told you know what to do or receiving orders do this mission do that yeah execute all of a sudden you you're on your own there's yeah. there's no support Back at uh, headquarters, company or <laughs> supply, or nah. you know, or, or this battalion is not going to come rescue you. This is all. all you. All bets are it's off. All
0: you, man, uh,
1: from a financial aspect, uh, yep. from a critical thinking aspect, uh, yep. everything. You you are the single point of failure. Yeah, for lack of better mm-hmm. words, y- y- you right to make your uh, your business uh, prosper.
0: Yep. And, you know, you, we continue to hold on those values and what we used, you know, to make sure our day-to-day activity, our day-to-day functions were serviceable. Now, we got to still employ these tactics and procedures to make sure what we're doing, you know, is right. So, appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, let me get a, the name of your trucking business. It's that called what?
1: DML. That's Delta Mike Lima.
0: Yep. Transportation
1: and Logistics Corp and the word and is actually spelled out
0: gotcha Okay. the website
1: is dml hyphen trans dot trans is t-r-a-n-s
0: gotcha gotcha definitely want to plug that so man yes, sir. we uh we definitely been reminiscing uh, man I tell you we <sighs> 1994 1998 we pretty much talked every day they got discharged from the Marine Corps. Decided to go to the dark side and join the other folks for 20 some years. Lost contact. No internet, none of that stuff back then. Finally right. reconnected. Always been Facebook, you know. But this is the first time since 1998 that we actually saw each other. Not just pictures and video, but physically saw each other. We talking 98, and this is what, 2022. That's freaking yes, incredible. And what did we yep. say? As soon as we saw each other, we start laughing. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, yep. so we just start laughing. That—that That is the beauty of the brotherhood that we, we've we shared almost 25, 26 years. You just Absolutely. start laughing. And anybody that's thats done what we've done, branch and material, that's what you do. You, you yep. just start laughing. And you pick, pick right back up. Like, like you Just pick right back up. Well, All those times. Time. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, oh, man, well, I wonder how you're going to be. It's like, you just start grinning. You just start laughing because yeah. there's so many moments in time. And like I said, like you even said it when we first started, that moment in time that you could just freeze those years, man. Bro, epic. Man. Epic freaking time.
1: Yes, bro. Yes. And believe it or not, man, I, I, I learned a lot from just being around you and sling and uh even Brad up because you know you Mike guys wow. you, you come from a even though we're all americans and uh you know we all somewhat share the same culture because we were all black yeah so, so to speak yeah uh you guys came from different parts of the country yeah and you bought you know your experience i bought my experience yep. right out, slinky, yeah right you know both of you guys from detroit but yep. uh, i actually learned a lot from you guys man
0: Likewise talk you as well, man. A lot, a lot. You was the first person that I that I that I actually <laughs> you was the first person I actually was invested in as it related to Southern hospitality. You've always been big on Southern hospitality. You know me and you slink was like, man, shut up, man. Let's go <laughs> to Burger King. What is this dude talking about? <laughs> but I've always respected that it's always been about family with you. And I know we all have family issues, the idiot cousin, the and all this right. stuff. But it's always right. been family with you. Two things I want to talk about before we get off. Do you remember the time? In, in so many stories. We were we were going to a club. This back in our clubbing days, folks. Pre-married, pre-all that. We went to a club in freaking San Luis, Mexico. I want to say this club was called La Fire. I could be wrong. We get over there, you know, no issue coming back though coming back to going. freaking America and I don't know who was driving me, you, Slinky, one of us and you know how the border, the customs agents ask you those standard questions, where you coming right. from what were you doing, do you have any fruit whatever, whatever, right Right. and they asked me what is your nationality, whatever and I said uh, USA they asked Slinky, he said USA this guy right here. They asked tell him. He said, "I'm American." You remember that? He was like, "I'm American," and so the customs agent was like, "Okay, what is your nationality?" I'm. I said, "I'm American." Gentlemen, can you all step out the vehicle, please? You remember that? Oh yeah, bro. I had too many tequila shots, bro. <laughs> it was like, dude, just say USA. He was like, I'm and then he was like, I'm American. Oh, bro, I remember that like it was yesterday. He was bro. like, I'm American. And oh, another thing bro. I wanna say too, we both have a a friend in common that oh, yeah. we didn't know until our stationed in Korea. And I would tell you and I'll let you elaborate. But we had went, we had a uh, a company, well, a battalion Christmas party. You know how they do them little uh, parties or whatever. Right. And this person had a picture of me, him, and some other folks in our unit. Yeah. So this Christmas party was like on a Thursday. And we had that Friday off. So we came back to work that Monday. And he walked in my office. And he said, hey, man. You know, that's how Sergeant Majors talk to you. They just said, hey, man. He said, hey, man, you know, uh, you know, Lowry? And so it didn't ring a bell because you know, I was engaged in some type of whatever I was doing. He said, you know, Lowry? And I was like, Lowry? So I knew who he's talking about. I'm like, how do you freaking know who he is? And I'm like, Derek? He was like, yeah, freaking Lowry. He's like, I went to uh, boot camp with him. And I was like, Sorry, Major, you went to freaking boot camp with Larry. You know, so go ahead and finish that, man, how you guys knew knew each other. So, actually, you
1: know, going back to Melts in Montgomery, Alabama, which is where Uh Randy Brown is from, (laughs) uh, we caught the bus from Melts all the way up to South Carolina, blah, blah, blah. You know the story. Yeah. We get there, and uh, we go through all of that, uh, all of those different phases and whatever before we get to our platoon and come to find out. We're in the same platoon, bro. Me, Brown, and this guy named Crom, which I haven't heard from since we graduated boot camp. Right. Crom and Crom and Brown, Randy Brown, are both from Montgomery. And Mm -hmm. I'm from the Sticks, you know, like 45 minutes south of Montgomery. Same platoon, went through the same struggles to, you know, to graduate boot camp and uh, throughout boot camp. I guess the drill instructors noticed something in us. I don't know what they noticed in us. Must make because yeah. we we're all from Alabama. Me, <laughs> Brown, and Crum are all squad leaders, and wow. then I ended up being the guy when we when we graduated.
0: Uh-huh. I don't know why they
1: didn't pick Crum to be the guy because he was yeah, the yeah. biggest one. Yeah, you know, big old meathead like yep. uh, the Rock, the Wayne Johnson looking uh-huh. cat man. But uh, that's that's where uh, you know we we met. We first met. And, like you know, you and I have shared. You will never forget those moments, you know. No. Uh, that you share, especially those blood, sweat, and tears moments. Yeah. In order to uh, accomplish the same goal, or yeah, you know, whatever the case may be. Yep. And, uh,
0: yeah, man. You know, old Sergeant old Major, old
1: smooth, smooth cat too, boy. Yeah, smooth he still is. Too.
0: Still yes, is. Sir. You know, smooth he's the freaking. Um, he's right now. He's the, the U.S. Army Transportation Regimental command sergeant major so he's uh yeah man freaking brown i was like man that's freaking crazy i'm like how do you know freaking I was like, sergeant major how do you know larry he's like well i can't know nobody i'm like no i'm trying to freaking connect the dots because i'm that, like we were freaking it, yeah because i knew he was a marine yeah because i was like he's a marine didn't it start you know making sense and I was like, yeah, me and Larry, man, we freaking grew up. We was Marine pups, man. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, right. man. So He was actually stationed in, uh, was it Tustin before
1: they shut it down and moved to Miramar?
0: Or was it El Toro?
1: El Toro. El Toro was I, in I, Tustin. That's what it
0: is. That, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Sure was. Because so, yep, I remember you know, he was saying that. Yeah. He was like, right yeah, you know, uh, that's. You know that's just uh, old school Marines when they remember Tustin and El Toro. El Toro, yeah. That's yeah. them back in the day, Marines. Hey man, yes, I definitely sir, want to appreciate you taking this time today, man. It's it's been an honor and a privilege to kind of reunite with my brother, man, my Marine Corps brother. Oh, my God, we've been do it, man. Oh God, the stories that can my be shared, God. the stories that can't be shared. <laughs> oh, brother, man. Yeah. Yeah,
1: there's some ones
0: we can't talk about. (laughs) Hey, man. Young teenage Marines with with money. One thing I want to tell you, and I know I've been like, gosh, dog, man, whose interview is it? Mine or yours? One thing I want to tell you, one thing that I knew, your office was solid. We always had, there was no issues with us. But that moment in time, remember when I had that Regal and the freaking, I went on leave to Detroit and I left the Regal. Parked in uh, the airport parking lot. They oh, yeah. stole it. I got it, re- went to retrieve it. Driving on the, the interstate in Phoenix, 600 degrees outside. The Joker blew up and all that. Right. You was like, I got you, DA. And okay. after that, you know, I didn't I didn't have another car while I was in the Marine Corps, you know, until me and Melissa got married. But you was right. like, I got you. And that right there, you was slink, y'all was like, what? You, wherever we go, you going with us. And I tell oh, yeah. you, that right there, man, that to me set the foundation for friendship, brotherhood, all of that. That was what true friendship was. So, again, Absolutely, this is almost brother. 30 years ago, but I definitely appreciate Absolutely. that. Because you had that little Mitsubishi Gallant. I remember that.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. You <laughs> was like, we got you, DA. We got you. So, appreciate that, man.
1: Absolutely, brother.
0: Yeah, man. So, again, say uh, all blessings and honor to your family, blessings to your business. I can't wait to see how this thing prospers. You know, I'm always rooting for the truck drivers, more importantly, rooting for you and the family as well. Just real quick, what, your wife, she was a drill instructor too, right? Actually,
1: she was a recruiter. She's a Marine Corps she was recruiter, a recruiter. In, uh, Lo- in Los Angeles.
0: Okay. So now yeah. I, we we share the same mindset being a recruiter. You know, I love that part right. of it, so. Definitely yep. appreciate everything, man. You got any last words?
1: Oh, I just want to say I, I appreciate this uh, opportunity, man, and uh, I'm really proud of you know what you got going on, you and Melissa uh, and Thanks. the family. Appreciate I know you. we've had this the, the conversation about a, a month or two ago, uh, mm-hmm. and I just want to say I'm thankful, brother, that appreciate we have the opportunity to serve and, and yes, you know become brothers for life brother
0: yes 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 no ain't no denying jay-z said that once i ain't no denying that no doubt no doubt yeah appreciate everything man all
1: right brother likewise